0: I love, I love this, this, uh, this, this series that we started. I sensed last year as the team and I were talking through what we, we should look at, that this, somehow this series was going to be, be the beginning of something very important for us as a church. This is not just another series. And Adam brilliantly summarised the series throughout last year on, I think it was January the 3rd, and we looked at all the various series and how they flowed together and how they seemed to be moving us to a place of just understanding what God was doing through us. At the end of the day, this is a church that belongs to Jesus Christ. It's his church. You and I are part of his kingdom. It's not our kingdom. We are, you know, whether, whether Eric and Lisa are here in Bromley, or, or actually whether in Macedonia or New Zealand or, or, or some other part, or any one of us, we're in his kingdom. We just have to be connected and knitted and, and flowing. And uh, we're not defined by Bromley. We're not even defined by BCC. We're defined by our identity with Christ. And really don't be defined by this church you know if you're part of this and you want to commit yourself as a partner in this church then then we carry responsibility so either you carry it or you don't either you're in or you're not either you're in the kingdom or you're not i mean let's just call it what it is but it's jesus kingdom it's jesus house so so um we praise god for what he is doing through us um i just want to thank rob and 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 prince the elders for for endorsing this, uh, change, well, this role with AOG. I really have been humbled by it. Um, but it, it, it's not, it doesn't define me either. You know, my de- definition is Jesus Christ. And, and I'll do the best I can here in this church to raise up all the leaders around me uh, and to support other leaders across this country and the world. And I just know if we walk humbly with God, He just lifts people up. I'm telling you, there is, you want the secret to incredible favor from God? Walk humbly. <laughs> walk humbly with God. And, and just trust him. Trust him. Put faith. Live righteously. You know, don't, don't be more than you need to be. Uh, you know, it's an interesting year this year, 2016, for a number of things. And, and one of them is this, a year of significance. It's the Olympics, isn't it? if I'm not mistaken. Four years ago, since the 2012 London Olympics, and you know, what hallmarked London was the incredible serving. Do you remember back? I mean, Jess Ennis and other other celebrities came through. Um, I loved the launch of it uh, with the Queen jumping out of a helicopter. I thought that was pretty impressive. But this year, uh, it's down in Rio. And uh, any Brazilians in the house? (laughs) I heard a yes. (laughs) Come on. We have a whole gathering, community of Brazilians coming into the house so it's great but um it's great um but you know what the those guys that are going to be competing it is the ultimate test of physical mental emotional capacity but so much of society that's that kind of is the main driver but there's a whole di- dynamics of spiritual capacity that we have got to work on in ourselves you know god doesn't give you homework as such but but we can't just at the same time be so laid back in our in our life as Christians, that actually we just wait for God to do something. That is wrong. It's not right. It's, it's about, uh, you know, our, our values in BCC, uh, they're on our website and we talk about them in in various uh, you know, meetings about who we are and identity meetings. But um, our identity is in Christ and, and we exercise spiritual disciplines. We, that's why we've had this week of prayer and fasting. Who enjoyed the week of prayer and fasting? Yes, it was amazing. It makes you hungry for sure. But, but, you know, and it is frustrating. I was so looking forward to the curry I had last night, which is, which is it's the spicy food I miss, you know. And uh, it's the memory of what food tastes like. But, but you know, it's just it's so important, isn't it? It's so important. But why do we fast? It's not just to be religious. It's so that we get our minds off stuff that's all about our bodies and start to think, God, what is it you are speaking to us about? You cannot... You cannot go faster than God is going to go in your life. He will lead you and guide you. But there are three important questions that I wanted to look at this morning around this idea of understanding when God speaks. So our title this morning is Understanding When God Speaks. If we are going to maximize or discover and maximize my God-given capacity, I've got to understand when God speaks. And how does he speak? Now, I've got some notes here, but I'm probably just going to go a bit off-piste and do a bit of, you know going out around this because it's got to be living, we don't, understanding God is just amazing, he is amazing, 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 he doesn't do things like a parrot, he doesn't sit in his throne room barking orders at people, he is actively breathing across this whole earth and inspiring people, moving into people's lives, whispering to you banging your heads together, you know, he does all sorts of unusual things. And to think God does one thing one way is wrong. God is moving constantly. We just need to understand when he's doing it. And to frame this as a sort of introduction, my first question is, are we hearing God? Are we hearing God? And I want to use um, something from Genesis this morning. I shared it with the staff in our meeting on Thursday. Genesis 13, 9 to 11. I've taken a few bits out so I can get all the words on one One slide, or in fact, two slides, but it says, finally, in fact, we're going to talk about the story of Abraham and Lot just for a few minutes. Um, Do you recall, Abraham is known in the Bible as the father of faith. In fact, he is the father of faith for multiple faith communities around the world. In fact, the majority of all people on this planet who claim to have faith would say that Abraham is the father of their faith. I mean, he, has got, he is legendary globally. I mean, we're talking billions of people around the world would say that Abraham is the father of faith. At this point, God has not changed his name from Abram to Abraham. But I'll, I'll use Abraham because I, I like that. <laughs> uh, but, um, but it says that when God was speaking to Abraham, he drew him out on a faith-based journey. And it was a, he was sent. He was called out from his homeland. And he took with him his nephew Lot, and as they went along together, as they rested with God's guidance and blessing, their flocks and herds, they multiplied. And then they became a challenge because they had so many sheep and so many herdsmen and the family units were getting bigger. We're talking thousands of, of animals and, and you know hundreds, there I say, thousands of people. So there's a lot of congestion around there, this moving. It's not just a family of four going on holiday to Greece. This is a full-blown community move for, uh, over time. So this is this journey of faith. We are on a journey of faith, in many ways, just like Abraham. And uh, finally, verse 9, Abraham said to Lot, take your choice, because what happened was there was a clash. There was a clash between the herdsmen. There There were confrontations happening because there wasn't space. And that's one of the things we've got to watch as we grow as a church. We're in two services, this service, the next service, sometimes a third service. Last Sunday, there were over 500 people on this site across those three services and around the other works. Um... But um, when you have that, there's a physical capacity issue. And they ran into a physical capacity issue. So Abraham said to Lot, take your choice of any section of the land you want. In other words, they agreed to separate. We, we will separate for our own good, in effect. Um, if you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land to the right, on the right. If you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go to the left. So Abraham, led by God, inspired by his fi- faith in God, says to, to Lot, you make a choice on this. You make a choice on this. And, and um, yeah, so verse 10, Lot took a long look. Locked, remember that, Lot took, it's a tongue twister, Lot took a long look. A lot of O's in that, isn't it? Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley. This is where people get caught out. People take long looks at what they want in their life. They take long looks the trouble is sometimes you take too long a look. The longer you look, the, l- the quicker you're going to be in what you're looking at. Wherever you look at, you end up walking towards. If you want to stop going to the wrong stuff, then look at the right stuff. That's all you've got to do. You just gotta, if your face is aiming at Pete Unsworth over there, you'll end up going towards you know you know how many times you get into a, you go near something and you think, um, "I'm not going to touch that button. I'm not going to touch that switch. Now I mustn't touch that. Then you end up touching it, don't you? It's like this kind of psychological thing. You end up going towards the thing that you think about, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. You, you, you do. And it's what you look at. So, so he took a long, a long, a long, sounds like a New Zealand look. There's <laughs> uh, a lot of O's in the New Zealand thing. <laughs> lot took a long look. Now the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley. Right, jumping. Oops, let's go back. Um, The whole area was well watered everywhere, looking good. Like the Garden of the Lord, i.e. the Garden of Eden. He's looking at it. This looks like the Garden of Eden. Or the beautiful land of Egypt. Jump into verse 11. Lot chose for himself. So Lot, Lot took a long look and then Lot chose for himself. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abraham. So Lot took a long look, then Lot chose for himself. Now, something is going on here. Abraham is living by faith and giving space, and Lot is beginning to take. And it speaks, there's a hint there. Watch out when when your mindset goes from, from, from giving space to taking territory. If you, you've got to watch it. Watch out for it. You don't have to take. If you're in God's kingdom, you never have to take. God will always give more than you can give. He will always provide. Grey, uh, Abraham's, these were, this tiny little episode is part of Abraham's faith journey. You know, the Isaac sacrifice is, is no more important than this, this activity here. This tiny little conversation about what you look at and what you choose is as important as the Isaac um, story. Uh, it's just extraordinary. Um, God spoke to him directly. This is Abraham. So Abraham trusted God because he heard God. But in his generation, we're going back into the Old Testament, the older scriptures of the Bible, and uh, God spoke to him directly. But Abraham's family were not Christians because Jesus hadn't manifested himself as a human being at that point. He wasn't, he wasn't what you would call a churchgoer. He wasn't. He was as... Well, potentially pagan as anybody, but God spoke to him and he acted by faith. So you can do amazing things when you act by faith, but God spoke to him directly. There were no Bible texts. He didn't have a Bible. He didn't have this, this book, which is a collection of smaller books and chapters and letters and things. He didn't have that. He just had confidence and trust in in what he was hearing from, what he believed to be God. But that led him to a new discovery. But God speaks differently today. He doesn't speak the same way as he did 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago. He doesn't speak in the same way because when Jesus came, when we put our trust in him as our saviour and Lord, he gives us a deposit of his Holy Spirit. So that deposit of his Spirit in us, the whole point of him depositing his Spirit in us is so that we don't have to wait for God to shout from heaven. That's the whole point. The whole point was... If you're waiting around for God to speak, like Abraham heard God speak, then you're going to be waiting till, till the next life. Dare I say it? Because the whole point is that when you come to faith, God deposits in you His Spirit, and that Spirit communes with your Spirit, and actually communes with God Himself, because it is God. It's God's Spirit in us. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. But we live like we're waiting. We live like Abraham. We li- we live like. Oh, Abraham, we we want God to speak. Now, Abraham acted on it. He didn't have the spirit of God in him, by the way. He just was obedient. And many of us, with God's spirit in us, are not very obedient. So, do we really hear God? Are we hearing God? So, the two men on the same journey, from the same family, in the same place, at the same time, took two completely different directions. You could be in here sitting next to someone in your own family who is about to go and walk into a monumental disaster. You could be sitting next to someone who is not hearing God or not behaving like they're hearing from God. If they are hearing from God, then they'll know it. If they're not and it's all about what they see and what they want for themselves, then watch out because there could be something down the stream that you don't know what's going to happen. Um, lots of separation for Abraham... Scripturally, separated him from God's blessing. I'm I'm looking at BC. I know you're going to go to New Zealand. Is it today? You go right on. on Wednesday. We're not referring to your journey, by the way. <laughs> we love you, and uh, don't don't take this as being anything to worry about. But anyway, um, but but in this case, Lot and Abraham, the separation. There was a blessing attached to Abraham, and Lot. Lot should have behaved totally differently. They should have collaborated on it. They should have worked to plan. They should have, but they didn't. And in the end, um. Lot chose by sight. He looked at the best and went for it. And he only just saved his life by the skin of his teeth. And what happened? In the end, you may not realise this, but soon after this, in Genesis 14, we read that the whole community where Lot set his base, the whole lot were taken captive. The whole lot of them. They were all taken by an invading army and a king. All of them. In fact, it says all their possessions were stolen. Everything. And in fact, it was only when, when word got back to Abraham that this had happened, that he sent his own men, 318. I love the fact that in Scripture it says 318 trained men. I'm thinking, God, that's very specific, 318. Why was it not less a load of... Was it 318 men went and rescued Lot? In fact, got all the treasure back. Now, if you're a studier of the Bible, you'll know that what did that lead directly to. You heard of Melchizedek in the Bible? Do you remember there's this encounter with Abraham and Melchizedek and the whole that model for giving, that generosity that we use when we talk about finances and things, well, all that came on the back of Abraham rescuing Lot because he lost everything. I'm telling you, when you have lost everything, you want anybody to help you to help you restore what you've lost. And that's what God's kingdom's about. It's about restoration. And it's an incredible story. So, so in this situation, are we hearing God? Second point, are we hungry? Are we hungry? First point, are we hearing God? Secondly, are we hungry. If we are going to discover our God-given capacity, we've got to be hearing from God. We've got to, and you can. And we're going to talk exactly about that right now. Are we hungry? I'm going to get into the Word of God in just a moment in a practical way. Do you want God's clear direction? I think the answer is yes. I've got a quote up there from R.T. Kendall. R.T. Kendall did a blog um, this year. In fact, it was only a few days ago. I love R.T. Kendall. Um, He used to An amazing pastor in London for 25 years, Westminster (coughs) Chapel, I think it was, or I think it was Chapel Central Hall. Anyway, it was in London. Um, This is the most important blog post he's ever written. He says, and it's a long blog post, but in it he talks about the fact that people don't read the Word of God. And he said, you know, some research suggests that that um, only four percent of pastors and leaders in the UK and the US actually read their Bible for more than. It's just a tiny, you know, on a regular basis for four minutes a day. A tiny... In fact, it says that the average church pastor in the US and UK spends only four minutes a day in quiet time. How on earth is God's power going to operate through people who don't spend time with him? These are the pastors. I love what he says. A rhema word basically means the unfolding of God's secret will when he speaks directly to you. If you want to live a life like Abraham and see the blessings and see the richness of God's plan for your life unpacked, we have to realize that God's Spirit is in us. And the whole point is that this Word of God that's inspired by God, by Jesus Christ, He is the living Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know when we read this, the Word comes alive again? (laughs) You know that's how it works? Jesus is the living Word of God, the the Logos. But but when, when the Holy Spirit is in us and when we start to read this stuff, the, the rhema, the real the living the active, that's a bit of Greek but it it it's the absolute drawing out of the word which will guide and navigate you it's it's you the only way to understand that is to experience it you have to be in the the Bible and I know a number of people have said to me this year already they want to really dig deep in the Word of God they want to start to to read it and and uh, there's no criticism of anybody um, it's uh, on face value, it feels like hard work. It's getting God's into God's Word feels like a chore. It feels, do I have to really read the Bible every day? Let me tell you, you can't not read it because as God's Spirit that's in you starts to work through you, and as he as you open pages, he will navigate your life specifically. You'll get answers and information, and you'll get challenged. James talks about the Word of God being like a mirror your life will change if you read it you know do you want your life to change or not if you do you got to you got to allow the living spirit of god to breathe in your life and it's not about volume of words that you read it's about the quality of the time and the in, the actual relevance of what you read jeremiah 15:16 says your words were found and i ate them your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart for i am called by your name o lord god of hosts that's jeremiah 13, 15, and 16 um, he, it, it's this uh, picture of eating God's word. Eating God's word. Why? Because it's food. During the fast you felt hungry, didn't you? The first couple of days it's tough going, then you get the headaches kicking because no caffeine and then as time goes, actually towards the back end of the week you almost get into a rhythm. You're almost, actually almost forgetting it. I find by day four on the full fast that you, you almost forget that you're on a fast. You, you forget, but then occasionally you just feel that memory of, hmm, something tastes good. And I fancy something that tastes good. But uh, but it's you know what's your spirit doing? If you're not being fed by God's rhema, living word, what's happening to your spirit? Wh- what's happening to your your growth? You're starving your own spiritual growth by not feeding it. Your spirit needs to be fed by this word of God. If you are not reading it, if you're not allowing, if you're not allowing this thing to metaphorically be eaten, what are you feeding it? What are you feeding yourself? Um, have you heard it said that? You are what you eat. Well, what are you eating? What does what your diet consist of? Spiritually, is it just coming to church? Are you starving yourself for six days in between? You will not have the. What happens when you lose food? If you haven't got food physically, you get lightheaded. You know, the number of times I couldn't remember what day it was last week it was untrue. And, and, you know, it's, it's not you know just it's the sugar levels isn't it we know that it's getting used to but actually you can go a lot longer than just a week we know that it's not the end of the world but but actually your body reacts to not having that sugar le- those sugar levels and um, it's, and also you lose energy don't you you can't go to the gym as much you can't you can't do as much you can't you don't feel like you can run as much or do more as much well what's your spirit doing when you when you're not feeding it's from from the word you've got you're you're making your spirit survive a whole week before you get to your life group or before you get to Sunday morning to, to hear someone talk about what they've experienced from God. You're, you are, you're fasting every single week. You may be fasting all year. If you miss a church, supposing you're away for two weeks on holiday and you, you haven't even picked up the Word of God. You're, you're starving yourself for two, three weeks. What's that going to do to you? You are going to be playing catch-up God, how can God navigate when he says, I'm not going to shout from heaven. I'm going to put my spirit in you. But you've got to feed my spirit or your spirit from, and I will talk to you that way. Um, but I know you're hungry to grow, so we're going to deliberately talk about it. It's the beginning of the year. You know, I was on a train to Doncaster on Wednesday and I sat there. I had a nice seat. It was very good. It was first class. And um, it was a cheap ticket. But um, I sat there and here's me. I had my bottle of Harrogate Spring Water and behind me, you know how you're really attuned to stuff when you're. Anyway, there was a w- the waiter went to the, the table behind and said, Would you like anything else to eat? And, and someone said, Oh, I don't want, Oh, I, I can't do a northern accent. Somewhere. Anyway, he said it with a nice northern accent. I don't know. Go on, surprise us. And I thought, they've been eating all the way. <laughs> so with the, with the, with the, then the waiter went away and, and the group said, One said to another, Oh, I love food. I love food. The more the better. It's not true, it's not, it's not a real thing unless it's got an inch of batter on it, he said. And I thought, flipping heck, as I looked at my harrogate spring water. And I, Anyway, they were lovely people, but it, was just, it just kind of, to me, made the point a little bit that, that we don't have get dominated by food and by all these others, but we fail. Christian, follower of Jesus Christ, we have got to be eating this stuff. We've got to be eating it. And how do we eat it? That's the thing. How do we eat it? I'll, I'll just leave that scriptures up there for the time being. But how do we read and hear from God's word? I would suggest we start with 10 minutes a day, 10 or 15 minutes a day, if you can. Don't get legalistic about it. If you can make it longer, all the better. Mix in reading the word with a bit of prayer and a bit of uh, maybe worshipping God for yourself. Just, just, and worship doesn't mean to say you've got to sing brilliantly. It just means that you're centering your mind on Jesus Christ. You're just saying, God, this is my place with you. I, I'm just want, I want you to speak into my life and through my life and around my life. Um, it's not, it's not s- super difficult. It's just straightforward. But you know what I would say say to you? You need to do a couple of things. How can I read and hear from God's word? If I, if I put a little bit of time aside initially, you'll start to want to spend more and more time. That's what will happen. But are you hungry? Well, get yourself a decent Bible. I know it sounds like practical stuff. You may have been a follower of Jesus for years. I know that it's not that popular. Who's got actually a printed Bible this morning? There's one hand, two hands, three hands, four hands. Actually, there's quite a few. But, um, but I, I do love the printed word because you can leave it open and you just, it just somehow holding a physical book actually is a brilliantly satisfying thing. Um, but these days with us on the move, mobile apps are far more useful to us. I mean, like I say, my bag that I'm taking with me after the service today isn't big enough to get this thing in. So, um, not with all the other stuff. So my iPad, my Bible's on that. You know, you can download electronic versions of the Bible and they're absolutely fantastic. I use Olive Tree. Get a a Bible app. I mean, you can get free Bibles on these apps. There's the U version. But you know what? You can't beat beat having a notepad and pen, I think. I've tried to make notes in my iPad. For me, it doesn't work because it's not living enough. I, I don't know if that makes sense to you. I have to have a notepad when I read the Bible, whether it's electronic or otherwise. I have to. If I can't, for some reason, take a notepad with me, I will not make notes. I will make notes in my iPad, but I try and redo those notes. Why? Because those notes are your food. They are your food. That's you are putting down on paper what God is feeding you. It is amazing. I said amazing. I sound like someone off, you know, one of those dancing competitions, but um. Um, find a reasonable version of the Bible. New Living Translation, I use a lot. It's very readable. The ESV is very accurate, less readable, but really good as a reference point. There are other versions. New King James is fantastic. Uh, New American Standard. These are just versions of, of the way the translations have been written down. Get hold of one. Get yourself a notepad and pen. Any color of pen will be fine. Any size of notepad is fine. I've got a home. If you look in my cupboards in my study, I've got probably a pile of journals that high. God's been feeding me over all these years, and it's all in there. And it's my food. It's not your food. It's my food. Where, what have you got written down? What, what, what's your journey got to show for itself? What, what have you got? Where, where is your record? Where, where is it? What, what have you, how has God been feeding you? Have you been relying on everybody else? Your wife, your husband, the pastor... Somebody else. I don't know. But um, then a, then a write, oh, great, you think, well, I want to read the Bible. How do I, where do I start? Well, I, I use a Bible reading plan and there's all sorts of different options available to you. There's the life journal reading plan online. You can do that or you can do it hard copy or the green thing is, that shows on the, the right of the slides is what I've been using for years and years and years. It's really boring to look at. It's this. That's my, that's my reading plan for the year. That will get me through the whole Old Testament and the New Testament twice. And, it's just on, and we've printed these off, by the way. They're in the lobby if you want them. They're free. Um, otherwise, you can have something that looks a lot more glossy and really kind of gu- guides you into a process of reading. And we've got these REAP journals, adult and youth editions. We've got those in the lobby as well. And that will help you to structure an approach to your daily devotions. It would, it'll suggest what you should read or could read. And don't get legalistic about it. Read as far as you can on your given text on a given day, and just trust God's going to speak to you through it. Now, you may have been doing this for years, but I suspect there's a lot of people in here who don't do this regularly. And uh, and there's no, no, no criticism of you. I just want you to be fat and full of spiritual things. That's what I want. And so, so I, I use Murray McShane. Did you know R.T. Kendall has been using Murray McShane for 40 years? He's read the Bible through 40 times. Have you ever... I remember when George Boer came here about a year and a half ago, he said, who's... Who in this room has read the Bible from cover to cover? And I, I don't remember seeing more than three or four or five hands going up. Now, again, it's not—we're not. No one's driving you. This isn't like legalism. This is food. This is this is. I'm helping you to help yourself. Um, it's food. Um, often Bibles will have reading plans in the back as well. So there's all sorts of. You can get them on the internet. There's some brilliant websites. Just go explore. Um, there's all sorts of good things. So what do you do with the word? Well, you know what I do? I'll show you. I'm going to show you from my own, um, my own journal reading. I think I've got it here. If not, I will have in a moment. Um, I will show you what I physically do in my life around this stuff. But what you do is you read the text until you get to a point where that, this deposit of God's spirit in your heart starts to draw your attention to something. And when he draws you to that something, that something... Is where he's going to navigate you from. And if you listen, as the Holy Spirit says, starts to get you... How do you think temptation comes? Who knows how temptation comes? It's a thought. It's a thought either triggered by what you see on telly, what you see on the internet, or what someone tells you. That's how the demonic works. How do you think God's spirit works? He gives you a thought. He gives you an inspiration around God's word, around a godly comment, around... Some, somebody in your life who's speaking to you something of the kingdom of God. That's how the Holy Spirit works for you. And he'll give you thoughts. But if you've got all the clutter going on, you won't hear that. So you'll be floundering and wondering and starving yourself. And, and spiritually, you're actually in a right mess. But um, we want to make you strong. So, so you know, it says in um, Psalm 119, verse 15, I'll, I'll meditate on your precepts, which is your, the commandments, and fix my eyes on, on your ways. I'll meditate... And that's all we're doing. We're, we're saying, Holy Spirit, just navigate me. Help me to meditate. Help me to understand. It's that simple. How do you think I am a pastor today? That's all I did. I, I learnt to do that. That's all I did. That's all I've done in my life. I've just learnt to listen. Not come up with some fancy strategy, some big old game. No. Just listen. Just write down. Jot down. Make a few marks in my journal. God speaking to me about this, sometimes it comes into the preaching. I make sure I feed myself before I feed you, by the way. If I don't feed myself, I know pastors who will tell me all they do is they prep for preachers. That is nonsense. You will, you will be starving yourself and what good are you going to be? You know, in Eastern Meditation, they talk about emptying your mind in meditation. That is not a Kingdom principle. Meditation is filling your mind with the truth and revelation of God in Jesus Christ and by the power of His Spirit. That's what it's all about. That's what it's, it's filling your understanding with what God is saying now about your life. And it's now, now, now. This morning, this afternoon, tomorrow morning. Your life this week could change with God speaking to you through His word. It's now. Are we hungry? Are we hungry? Are we healthy? I'm, we're running out of a bit of time this morning because we started a little bit late on the preach. We're going to run definitely to half-past. Are we healthy? My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who need them and healing for their whole body. Healing for the whole body is, comes to the word of God. You, you can't not be in this word. You can't not be in it. Everything in your life, everything, discovering your God-given capacity is all linked to what God tells you and shows you, reveals to you in his word. The trouble is, don't go to God's word with your formula and try and fix your formula from God's word, because you'll be deceiving yourself. You have got to go in and say, "God, you show me what I need to know." And He'll reflect on your life. And, and you may have messed up badly in the last few months, but he will start to clean you up with it. Hebrews 4:12. Uh, "For the word of God is alive," there's a typo in there, but for the word of God is alive and powerful. it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It exposes our inmost thoughts and desires. The Word of God is the thing that's going to sort stuff out. Yeah. It's going to. And you can trust it. The Word is going to... Look, at. this is my journal from this week on th- Wednesday. Are we healthy? You can't read that, praise God. But, but I know what's in it. And, um, but that's what... Th- this is, there's another page as well. I just jotted down four little chapters of the Bible. You don't have to read it all. Just get to the point where God is speaking to you or, or just go through it. It's whatever you feel you can do. And then what I do is I jot down the verses that are starting to say something to me, the verses that are starting to mean something to me, the verses that are, that are drawing my attention. And then the ones that are really making an impact, I look put little stars. This is why you can't do this that easy. You can do it with an iPad. But, but I put little stars. And I've, I'm a visual learner. And I, lo- I put those little stars. You know what I do? I go back and I look at the little stars, they are the food. That's where my revelation is coming from. Those little stars are the things, this church doesn't keep me alive. Those little stars are keeping me alive. They're my golden nuggets of food that are keeping, those things are protein pills big time. They are the things that are growing me. That's it. What did you eat this week? Did you eat anything that's going to do you any good? No, you didn't because you're on a fast. Right? But but look at this. That, and you know what? In my pile of these things at home, sometimes God says to me, Go back and look at what I told you then. But if you've never done it, how can you ever go back and look? How can you ever you can't go back and look? I'm just gonna refer. This is what I was reading at Genesis 13. That's why it came to the scriptures. I am gonna run just a couple more minutes. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abraham, look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I'm giving you all this land as far as you can see. Now go walk through the land in every direction, for I'm giving it to you. That's what God told me on Wednesday about me. And I shared it with the team nationally up in Doncaster. Not because I was looking for something to share. It's just that this is what God is speaking to me about. That means I've got to be aligned to what he's saying. And... um, at about that time, you know, what I find amazing is the word that struck out to me was, I'm giving all this land, as far as you can see, go and walk through it. And I started to meditate. What is God saying? God gave Abraham as much, much, much more than lot. God's provision was only limited by how far Abraham could see. Living by faith uh, was the best thing because it was unlimited. He told Abraham to walk through the land in every direction. God told him to step into his future. Abraham Abraham lived in movable tents but built permanent altars. When you write down what God's shown you, you mark it up, you're building a permanent altar. It's not a movable tent. It's part of your journey. And, uh, and as I was just meditating on it, I flipped to Matthew 12, which is my next chapter, and the first line was about that time Jesus was walking through some grain fields on the Sabbath. Do you know the power of God hit me so hard because he'd already shown me that tiny little verse about walking steadily Do you know I'm totally, totally, totally empowered by God right now because I can see that Jesus was walking through some grain fields. It's not yours, it's mine. That's what God fed me. What have you eaten? What are you eating? What are you leaving on the shelf? What have you left behind? What are you letting get dusty? Adam, could you just join me? But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. That's what we need. We need new strength. We need nutrients. Why don't you stand with me this morning? We're going to close the meeting.